Hello everyone and welcome to the Home Buyer Club podcast with me, Joe Thompson. Today I'm here with one of my best friends. In fact, no, my best friend. Aww. At 35, it's a bit sad that calling someone my best friend, but we've known each other 23 years, I think now, something like that. Um, he's done very well for himself, he's got a brilliant family, and he's on the podcast today. We're going to talk about his experience buying homes. So Scott, welcome. Thanks for having me. It's all right, right, so get warmed up. I just want to do some quick fire questions like on Friends. Now, we're of the age where we grew up watching Friends, so Friends was life on it for quite a long time. So let's, let's get cracking. So first of all, hot or cold? Hot. Shorts or trousers? Shorts. Hot tub or jacuzzi? Same thing. Yeah, hot but what do you call it? <laughs> hot tub. Left or right? Right. Football or rugby? Football. Cider or beer? Cider. Samsung or Apple? Apple. Self-made or lottery winner? Self-made. That's it. Sure. Feel loose? Good. Yeah, good, good. question. Good. Yeah. I, I wanted to throw a few in there as well. Cause it's cider in the summer, lager in the winter. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. No, nice. Hopefully, it's not like your homemade cider that you made once. Yeah, that was awful. Sorry, <laughs> that. So, just can you tell the audience what you do? What you do for a living? Sure. So, um, I founded and run a executive recruitment business. We're called Foresight Barnes. We've got offices in London, Nottingham, and New York. Um, we help fast growth tech companies hire great people. Um, we've got a sports business as well, FP Sports, where we hire executive talent, exactly the same type of thing, but for NBA franchises, uh, Premier League teams, FIFA, UEFA, that type of thing. Was that always a dream, sports? Uh, no, it happened by chance, to be honest. You know me, I'm a massive sports, not a massive sports fan anyway, so it was a great market for us to go into mm. and delighted that we did but yeah. now just a business opportunity that arose at the time it's one of them isn't it i guess where you always say like do what you love so being able to recruit which you love uh in football which you also love and sport in general so yeah fair kind of it's good working with some cool clients yeah i bet it is yeah oh happy to say thank you very much for that so right let's get into it then so what do you remember about buying your first home um good question it feels like ages ago because i'm that old um, when, when did you buy your first home? Do you the year? We moved in 2012. I think we bought it, it would have been start of 2012, something like that. Mm. We moved in 15th of June 2012. can still remember the date, um, which I suppose tells you everything you need to know about how it made you feel. Of, um, I felt an immense sense of pride in buying your first home. Um, excitement of getting in. Uh, it's that thing of like you find somewhere... You go through the process of uh, getting a mortgage in place, going through conveyancing solicitors, going through conveyancing solicitors again to try and uh, speed it up along the way. Yeah. Um, and you've got these ideas of what you want to do with the place. And then it's when you've got it and it's yours and you get the keys. It's a great feeling. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It is yeah. a quality feeling. It's like a lot of stress. And then all of a sudden it's like just relief and immense happiness. 100%. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Like one of the big achievements in life, getting that first property and getting yourself on the property. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. What was kind of like the biggest sort of issue that you faced, do you think? Um, good question. So with working, I was working as a recruiter at the time. It was before we'd set up FB. Um, that's Forsyth Barnes for anyone watching FB. Thanks. Um <laughs> I earned most of my money through commission and bonus more so than salary. Like yeah. the commission and bonus aspects far outweighed like what I was earning from a basic salary perspective. So the advice 
on the mortgage side of things was crucial um, because I think a lot of people, I think people go to like their online calculator or something and it doesn't factor things like that in. It's very simplistic of like, put your basic salary in. It's like, you can borrow X um, and it's not always representative of what you actually can no. borrow without that proper advice. So, true. so we found that, a, I suppose, a challenge at first and then it's picking the right property. So we we were living in London at the time. We were renting in London. Um, my wife's a primary school teacher, as you know, and she didn't really take to London as much as I did. Yeah, um, bit of a home girl, ain't <laughs> Absolutely. So we moved like halfway back uh, from the East Midlands. Originally, we moved like halfway back up and we bought in Milton Keynes in our yeah. first house. So I could still get the training commute into London and Kay could work at like a local village school near to her. So it's like picking the right area and then it's uh, making sure that the um, local amenities are all good, that it's a safe neighbourhood, yeah. all of that type of thing. That you you kind of can do some research on online, more so than you can than we did 10 years ago, but you kind of want to get a feel for the place as well. So we spent a lot of weekends like driving around neighbourhoods and areas and that type of thing. Well. <laughs> you need to be careful doing that, you get a name for yourself, <laughs> driving around neighbourhoods. <laughs> For the right reason. Yeah, those um, Facebook um, spotted in whatever town you're in. Yeah. Have you seen this car? Have you seen this car <laughs> driving around the streets? <laughs> oh, brilliant. But that's, no, it goes to show, doesn't it? You need to do your research. My friend recently, um, Steve, he, he's viewed a house. He rang me and he's like, he's like, oh, Joe, I found this amazing house. Really love it. And I said, go and see it again. Uh, another time he's like no no no, no. it's found it's sound it's this beautiful house but anyway he went to see it again he took my advice went to went to see the house again he said he pulled up and there's nothing wrong with kids playing in the street but like there's toddlers riding tricycles around the streets and he's like okay pulls up goes and knocks on the door um and the estate agent was meeting them there the estate agent turned up late which is just one of those things but when they turned up the tenants wouldn't wouldn't um, get out of the house wouldn't let them in and they wouldn't like they were basically stood there going no we're not leaving there's no way that we're moving out as this is all going on steve's like oh my god what's going on next thing you know someone's reversed into his car <laughs> reversed what? into his car and then loads of people have come out the house going ah oh, no 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 this is a first time buyer. don't worry about it it's not a mark on your car and he's like just get me out of here please <laughs> so needless to say he didn't buy that house thankfully say, but the estate agent was mortified yeah oh yeah definitely Definitely. So it just goes to show, doesn't it, that you need to do your homework. You need to check the neighbourhood because you know they might look beautiful on right move, but actually when you get there, you know those pictures um, can be, can look totally different to what it actually is in the in the light. Um, so yeah, it's really important to do that. So you said you lived in London. What what were you doing living in London? Was it just convenient for work? Was it just a bit of an experience? Yeah. So uh, moved down there. I say straight after uni, but um, slight detour that you, you kind of know yourself of at uni, I set up a business in Sheffield. Shake Club. Um, Shake Club, 101 flavours of milkshake and smoothies, um, which uh, we then sub subsequently sold Shake Club, moved down to London, um, didn't know what I wanted to do, fell into recruitment, um, to be honest, but fell into an industry that I love and has so much further to do in yeah. terms of, of what we're trying to do with the industry as well. Um, but yeah, went down to London for that. Um, Kay joined me shortly afterwards and... Oh, did you move first on your own? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, moved down oh, um, for a couple of months before Kay like moved I don't know if she was hoping that I'd just see it as a phase and then come back but yeah. um 
yeah, she knows me, so uh, then followed down shortly after. I guess so. It, <clears throat> it was difficult working in London and living in Nottingham. Yeah, 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 from yeah so a bit of a yeah. commute that is, isn't yeah. it? So moving down there makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, fair enough. Uh, any good stories from living in London? Um, One you've just told me off camera that yeah. I feel like you need to tell us now. <laughs> uh, do I need to tell you? So, um, good story about renting. I'm supposed to always make friends with your landlord. Of um, I went to go and have a shower in our rented property. Um, Door handle came off my hand. Um, so I was like, oh, what do I do here? Um, rang my dad, or Kay rang my dad on the other side, rang her dad, um, was like sliding the, the bot underneath the door. You could just fit like a mobile phone through. So I was like oh. passing it back and forth, trying to talk me through. It was before like video calls or anything. Yeah. It's just like an old fashioned phone call, but uh, trying to talk me through how to get this door open. Couldn't get it open at all. Kay uh, then put a, a big boots on to try and kick the door down. Couldn't get the door down at all, so I ended up having to call the fire brigade. Oh, um, no. Yeah, uh, and obviously I'm naked in the shower. Um, not ideal. Uh, as the fire uh, fire brigade come up, where I was expecting to send like one or two people. Oh no, uh, no full yeah full um, full fire engine came out. Um, full gear as well. Twelve guys and girls in full gear. Yeah, oh, no. coming up the stairs. It was like a first floor flat. Um, just remember him saying like stay calm Mr Parsons we're coming in to rescue you I was like I'm calm mate I'm just I'm really just, embarrassed I'm just... and like Kay trying to feed through some shorts like under the door frame so that was could protect a bit of modesty but uh, yeah oh, that's a, a a great story and then ringing the landlord the next day of why the door is completely off its hinges um, I think without having a decent relationship with him he'd never have believed that that was the truth <laughs> did you get your security deposit back I think we did. did you? Yeah, I think we did. I think we ended up giving him hundred quid or whatever to get the locks changed. But yeah, well, I, I remember. Know. I remember when you came to visit me in this house. When because so when we when I moved into this house, we didn't have any floors down, did we? I, oh, I think I just had the floors down and took the doors off to to take a few inches off the off the bottom to plane it. Yeah. I remember Kaylee went upstairs and she was a bit like, um, "Where's the doors? Because yeah. <laughs> you needed the toilet." So, oh, oh yeah, yeah. I forgot sorry about, about that. that. Yeah. Funny you should say that about um, the um, being stuck in the bathroom. That happened to my mum, but she wasn't in that. She was my stepdad was on on nights, so she was locked in the bathroom. Like, what do I need to do? So she had to climb out the window. Now my mum's what nearly sixty. <laughs> she had to climb out the window in a dressing gown, no go way. next door so she could ring my stepdad to come home, and because she'd lo- locked the door as well, she'd locked the house door, so she's not like she could climb out, let herself in again. So you had to go next door. Madness. Nightmare. So one thing to take from this is check the locks on your bath- bathroom door. 100%, especially for <laughs> rental. It's a good story, Alan. Mm. Thank you very much. So how many times have you moved house now then? Uh, in terms of buying property, just uh, twice. Uh, once to, to move from London to Milton Keynes. Um, and then when we moved back up here, um, which was October 2016. What was that like moving moving back home? Did it feel good? That one, yes, it feels good. Yeah, did you have the Nottingham yeah. office at that point? No, so we set up. Um, we moved in October 2016. We launched our Nottingham office February 2017. So like shortly after, 
Um, felt good to be home. Um, good family and friends connections, you aside. Um, <laughs> it feels like good to be back amongst kind of friends and family. Yeah. So that part felt good. I'd say that move was probably more stressful than the first one that we bought with um, loads of... Um, the house had been completely built. It was just a field before. So there mm. was... Um, a lot of planning and work and everything that went into it. And Did you kind of design the house with the builder? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, which was a cool process to, to go through. Um, yeah. Right down to absolutely everything that's on there. Like, um, yeah, interior, Tiles, exterior, everything. everything. Yeah, that chandelier. Which was, yeah, <laughs> chandelier as well. Just got Delboy and Rodney in my head now with that chandelier. Yeah. We've seen that one only fools. I can't remember it. They're there putting the chandeliers up and he... Or taking them down to be cleaned, I think, and he's like hitting the one that he thinks. So they're underneath the chandelier here, and they're hitting the know, one over over here, and it one. drops down, and they're like trying to catch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's We'd love to put it on. After <laughs> That's there. a good one. Uh, but yeah, that's everything there, and obviously it, it got delayed and delayed. And we were planning. We were uh, went on a four week holiday to Australia um, at the time. Oh, least like, me. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to get the keys like before we moved in, and we ended up getting them like two days before we went out to Australia so you're like in the house you've got one night like in the house with furniture and stuff going in and then you're like right we're going on the other side of the world for four weeks Uh, and then you're back for Christmas so yeah I remember that part being stressful but yeah glad we're back up now yeah is this your last one last move do you think I think so kids are at school like settled in the area Um, you say that we watched the um, Guy Phoenix building Britain super homes the other night I don't know if you've seen it yeah yeah He's based in Nottingham, but I thought it was a brilliant watch. Um, but I'd love to have a Guy Phoenix home at some point. Yeah. It's like an aspirational yeah, thing to move yeah. into. Um, I think what he's done with some of those homes in and around Nottinghamshire is amazing. Yeah, fantastic. Um, but yeah, whether I could convince the wife, I'll have to see. I feel like that's, and I don't mean to say this in a horrible way, but maybe your sticking point, Kaylee, a little bit. Yeah. And that sounds half awful. I don't mean that in a bad way, where I think you're a, always for the next thing the next thing the next thing not in a bad way it's a good thing you're always wanting to progress and move on and I think you want to do that but Kelly's a bit like okay well you've got a lovely home we're happy here kids are settled exactly why would we move yeah Yeah. she's always right she's got a great point yeah it is nice she's always right yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay what advice can you give anyone who's wanting to buy their first home um, I think you alluded to it a little bit earlier, talking about the mortgage advisor speak to someone. Yeah, I think that's that's crucial um, to get the right advice. I think um, check out the neighbourhoods, as I mentioned earlier. Um, and the biggest pain for me, and the biggest pain I seem to hear whenever you speak to anyone, is conveyancing solicitors. Hmm. Um, not that they're bad or horrible people or anything like that. It's just the, especially when you're in a chain, it seems very slow progress to get anything done. Yeah. Um, and I often find with anything like that if you sit on your hands with it and expect things to be taken care of they often move at a snail's pace so I think you've got to pick up the phone to them a lot of the time and really push the issue again in a nice way but push the issue to make sure stuff gets done I think so yeah I think you're right a guy I spoke to recently Simon he was he was saying that having a good relationship with everyone in your network so the network of buying a home with your mortgage advisor your estate agent the person you're buying from, the person you're selling to, and the conveyances involved is key. Yeah. Making people accountable, uh, accountable for their actions, because you know, a lot of people, first-time buyers, for example, they don't know they're leaving. They don't know the process too well. 
they're leaving it to the industry experts and like you say they're not held to accountable uh, to, uh, accountable for their actions they're um they're taking their time uh, and prioritizing people who are picking up the phone and going what's going on so i think uh, for a couple of things making people accountable for that but also having a bit of understanding of what's going on yeah i mean let's face it conveyances aren't just dealing with you as a as a, um, a client 100%. they have got lots of their clients but you need to know where you're at and give some time frames like yeah. you know if someone said to you oh it's going to be three months and on this day in three months you're going to complete you're going to be happy you you know you it's that peace okay. of mind you know yeah. when it's going to be right That's it's it. like you say the accountable bit's key but um we had you asked me about the stressful part as well when when we sold the milton Keynes house we had to, we actually sold it four times Oh no! People dropping out. Yeah. Um, where uh, first one dropped out, second one dropped out, third one dropped out, and just like fell off the face of the earth um, through two different estate agents as well. The sales, but after the first two with the first one, we were thinking there's like no smoke without fire against the estate agent, and then moved it, and then it dropped out on the third one with the new mm-hmm. estate agent, um, and not even like something dodgy coming back on the survey or anything like that, just different reasons. So that's a very bad run of bad luck, guys. Oh, it? it was a nightmare. But we had um, again. It comes back to that thing of getting the right advice because we, we were in a fortunate position where we didn't need to sell it to get the new one. But there was a period where we had to pay stamp duty, like extra stamp duty, because yeah. it's on a second home. Yeah. And then there was like a nine month. I don't know if the law is still the same, but it was a nine month ticking time bomb to sell that house yeah. um, to be able to recoup the like extra stamp duty that you paid that's it yeah it's usually three um, percent i don't know if it what it was back then but I yeah it's probably it about three percent but it's three percent of the purchase price yeah so if you're moving up in the world you know you're buying that a lot more home. than the one that you've not sold yeah, yeah exactly it's that, madness, that's, right? that's where we were but yeah it's um it's in between the second and the third sale um that we completed on the house that we're in now right. um so yeah, it's like stressful when the third one dropped out. Yeah, so. I can imagine. So was the Milkins home empty for a period of time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we we actually we were thinking about do we rent it out? Do we keep it as a rental property? Well, that's what I was going to ask. Why didn't um, we? It was more. It's quite far away. So if anything went wrong, um, and like most of our friends and family and everything were up here, yeah. So we didn't really have like a big network around Milton Keynes to lean on if anything went wrong. So we thought if the boiler breaks or if anything like that. Um, yeah, I think it would be a bit of a nightmare to fix. Yeah, okay, so maybe more stress than actually. It'd be worth, yeah. yeah. I don't know, I, I should really go on to Zoopla and see how much it's worth now and then see what the... Don't upset you, sorry. Has it gone that good? Yeah. Um, Especially Milton Keynes, it's commuter area, isn't it? Yeah. Commuter um, belt, so it's always going to go up in price. And especially after sort of lockdown happened and the pr- house prices accelerated quite, quite dramatically, yeah, didn't true. they? So yeah <laughs> but hey, myself the disappointment yeah yeah but you know again you're in that like you say you're in that fortunate position where you didn't rely on the sale for your onward purchase and that's where even more stress comes in isn't it yeah it's very fair yeah so yeah happy days and obviously people aren't tied in until the exchange contracts which so. i think is wrong i know we're not here to put the world to right, <laughs> right about like the the legal system of buying a house but you'll know more than this uh more about this than me but in scotland is it when you make an offer that it's that's it you're locked in yeah, and like you've in. got to complete unless yeah. something traumatic comes that, out of the exactly yeah, yeah 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 well what that's happens is they have the survey done the the person selling the house has a survey done so they can say to buyers my house is fine or 
this is what's wrong with my house, I'm going to get it done. Or we, we'll deduct this much money from the price. So all of that is already done right? Um, before someone makes an offer. I so it's not like that. you buy a house on, okay, sold a scene type of thing, and then you get a survey done maybe, and they find a problem, and then you pull out. It's all up front, um, which is, like I say, it's really, I, I like that. But then there is, there is obviously pros and cons for both ways. Um, but yeah, I think there should be some kind of, I don't know, maybe penalty, I don't know, for pulling out. I don't know. Like you say, we're not here to make the <laughs> We'll put the words to rights. <laughs> uh, so we've gone through advice uh, and we've we've looked at the, your buying habits and we know that maybe in the future of Kaylee Lecture you might buy buy another. Um, what's next for Foresight Barnes? Um, further global expansion for the business. So we... New York's a relatively new venture for us. We launched in New York last year in 2022. Um, that's going really well. Fortunate to have a great management team that moved out from the UK to go and launch the New York office. Uh, and then the next step for us is the West Coast of America. So um, we said LA for a while. We've already picked up more clients in San Francisco than LA. So that may change and we may land in San Fran instead uh, around the Bay Area. Um but yeah, more global expansion there, whether our fifth office is in the States as well, or whether we go the other way to Dubai, Singapore, uh, as a bit of a gateway towards Australia, longer term, we'll see. Um, but yeah, continue. We, we feel like we've we've not even really got started yet. We're seven years into the business. Um, things have gone incredibly well so far. We've had some really good recognition um, externally, but we feel like we've not even touch the tip of the iceberg yet so um long way for us to go ah happy days so the next question with an office in new york could we see you on million dollar listings ny or new york or whatever it, the program's called don't know about that um, would you ever move to new york no um i'd love to like in a different life give me 10 years ago that type of opportunity okay. i think i'd have snapped someone's hand up for yeah. it um okay. and can totally get why we had so many of our internal staff in the UK put the hand up and say, I'd love that opportunity to go. Wow. Wouldn't you? In your 20s. Oh, God, yeah. Amazing opportunity. 100%. If you uh, offered but, me a job over there, I'd go now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, similar to, um, to what I was saying earlier, like we're settled, we, we like the area that we're in, we like the home that yeah. we're in. So It's not just you now, is it? Exactly that. So. How are the guys getting on over there? Do they live, enjoy living over there? Yeah, love it. Um, I think it's like anything, gets a little bit of adjusting to initially, um, completely yeah. different set of life. And even the... Moving halfway across the world, you you can't rely on a Tesco Express or something like that, right, to, no. to bail you out. You, you're kind of trying to understand where to get my groceries from, where to get um, deliveries from, all of that type of thing. Deliveries called something different out there. Is it? Yeah. They've got Do Uber Eats? DoorDash. Uh, oh. Still do Uber Eats, but DoorDash is the big one in New York. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's familiarising yourself with all of that, but they love it. It's like crazy city right and yeah. one of the best cities to visit in the world so to live there um Next real level, experience. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah so with that it's a seven hour flight to new york right yeah what's the flight over to san fran a bit further so i did it in <laughs> october um yeah. just gone um i can't remember exactly it's like 10 11 hours um it's a little bit further yeah um but yeah i don't i don't actually mind flying i've never Never seem to get jet lag, just adjust to the time that you're going to. Um, and I always find it's like a nice quiet space to get some work done. So get the laptop yeah. out. You can get Wi-Fi on most long-haul flights now, days anyway. Um, 
Yeah, get the Wi-Fi done on uninterrupted work. I bet that's nice. Love it. Film yeah. one in the background. Perfect. Can't complain. Do you know what they're like? You know when I'm flying. So in a, as you know, I was in the military. I was in the RAF. I used to fly all over the world on cargo aircraft. So I don't know if it's because of that. Whereas as soon as I get on a plane, I'm, I'm asleep. Really? I love sleep. I sleep on the plane. Yeah. Like if I'm a passenger in a car, I fall asleep. Yeah, man, that's why I drive like everywhere. That. I'll tell you a funny story. First time I ever flew on a, a C-17, which is a cargo aircraft, massive one. Um, I so a plane flies at an angle, doesn't it? Right. Not like you will notice it when you're on a cargo aircraft. Maybe not so much when you're on a passenger aircraft. But as it's flying at an angle, I was sleeping with my head towards the towards the um, the tail. You didn't slide down, did you? No, I didn't slide down. But I got up and I was I felt drunk because all the blood was rushing oh, around my yeah, head. Your feet were more relevant. <laughs> oh, it was horrendous. It was horrendous. Uh, so yeah, I learned not to do that anymore. Of course, no one told me either. They just laughed at me as I was getting up, stumbling, and like, what's going on? <laughs> oh dear, mate! I want to thank you very much for for joining me on today. I really enjoyed uh, speaking to you about all of this. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. I hope you've enjoyed telling uh, telling your story. Loved it. Um, have to edit out that story about the naked in the bathroom, then. Sure. So if you want to get into recruitment, Scott, are you happy for people to reach out to you on LinkedIn? Yeah, to of course. Have a chat. Yeah, happy yeah. yeah, happy to connect with them. Happy day. So LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn there. Um, Scott Parsons on there. Guys, of course, if you like this podcast, please leave a review. Don't forget to follow and please join the club.